Welcome to Using Your Egg Noggin, a podcast for edgy teens and confused college grads on what it means to be using our mind for the various aspects of life that we may take for granted, yet we feel so deeply about. My name is Saran, and today it's my pleasure to welcome our lovely guest, Eugenia. Hi, Eugenia. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Do you yeah, want to my... <laughs> tell yeah, yourself a little bit? Yeah. Um... My name is Eugenia, as Saran just said. Thank you for having me on this lovely show. I'm putting in earrings right now. You can't see that, but just imagine me putting on big-ass diamonds in my ears. Um, yeah. I go to school with them. <laughs> I'm in the same club as them. We're not all in the same grade. We're not all in the same. Ashwin, you're, you're a grade younger, is that right? I always forget. Yeah, I'm not allowed on the playground the same time that you are. Oh, there we go. You got that lower classman recess. <laughs> so yeah, that that's our uh, you know important because we don't want to just have two guys talking about feelings. That sounds a bit improper. Um, so Eugenia, you do identify as female, so we are going to. <laughs> I have experienced every emotion a human can experience. On okay, screen. perfect. So you're gonna hear it all. We're gonna have Eugenia's many emotions. Tell us about your traumas, you know, everything. Can't and about my stuff. problematic people I know. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah, so let's get right to it. All right, so our first question is, what is a time that you've had a relationship, whether it's romantic or platonic, and you felt like it needed to be let go of, and you still did it? You held on to it. Anything ring a bell? I feel like I've let go of so many different kinds of relationships, especially in the recent past, that it's hard to pick just one. Okay. Because so they've all been so different. So why don't we walk through the different ones? Like what was like a maybe a friendship? What was maybe <clears throat> a more than friendship or something along those lines? I think the hardest one for me to have probably ever dealt with was when I had to stop being friends with somebody that um you know how you have those friends sometimes where they're they just become a part of your family they just like assimilate into your household and you just kind of consider them like a member of the family because they're always at your house and it's like I don't know they just are a part of your life like that so it's like beyond just your mom and dad know them pretty much as well as you do they're like yeah Yeah, that's personal that's personal. yeah yeah so I had to stop being friends with someone like that who I had known since I was 10 and I had to stop being friends with them at the start of college um it was kind of like a mutual falling out but we just stopped being friends because she started seeing my ex behind my back which is oh yeah which is (laughs) it's not it wasn't, I wasn't angry at her in like a possessive way, just in like a, you really should have told me the truth about this, but then you didn't. And then she ended up lying to cover up for them seeing each other in secret, which made me feel worse than if she had just told me. And then I feel like I could have just worked around that. Like if she had been honest with her feelings about him and their relationship, but she didn't. And then it kind of, because of that, I felt like we couldn't really be friends anymore because it was just such a massive drop in trust um, that it was like irreparable, even though we had all of those years and all of those memories together. 
it was just like a really clean break in the sense that like one day we were friends and the next we weren't right absolutely so that's the the friendship one yeah is there a time you've had to I don't know romantically entangle with someone and then <laughs> never talk to them again yes um it was just that like classic toxic trope of the girl likes the guy way more than she probably should. And then the guy is just not interested in stringing her along. And then I knew it too. And I was like, why am I still going along with this? This is my sophomore year of college. So clearly not doing well in the college relationship department. <laughs> but um, that one was <laughs> literally the messiest break ever it was on and off and on and off and I was like why am I still going back yeah okay so messy breaks and for the listeners they they can't see us so Ashwin's cracking up here too so I'm also curious about what he's so stoic right now <laughs> but our next question is you know what made us want to stay so Eugenia you're you're thinking a lot about I guess just this guy that you haven't had the cleanest of breaks with and it was continuing to go on and off. What made you stay in that? Like what, what is the impetus to stay in an on and off relationship with someone? I feel like when you have that kind of really rocky relationship with somebody, you never really get to know who they are as a person because you're, you're always in an on and off relationship, I feel like you're never given the opportunity to get close to them as a person because you're always focused on trying to make the relationship work or break it off, depending on whether you're in the on or the off part of the on off relationship. Um, so then I just built up like a fantasy image of what or what of what I thought that this guy was like with his friends or with other people that he wasn't in the same kind of emotional mess with um and so I felt like it was that like I was always chasing after an ideal of him that honestly probably didn't exist I mean I don't know because I never got to know him in the way that I wanted to but it so, was that. so you projected this image of him that yeah. you really wanted him to live up to got it go. yeah exactly I feel like that happens that I feel like every <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty universal experience to have that that you project their personality onto them and then you're like I like them because I made this personality up for them and I'm gonna like that instead and put it on their metaphysical body or whatever and then just work from that absolutely okay yeah no I, I think that's universal and the I think this is really interesting because it's one of those things where we as people love ideals and i think it's like one of those things that makes us fundamentally human and just like pursuing ideals and like you know you have goals and you have like these very abstract things and sometimes people are that bridge between actuality and like idealism in the sense that like you can form ideal relationships for yourself but like people are like fully people like they're capable of making mistakes capable of being assholes, capable of being great people. But I think at the end of the day, it's like one of those things where we tend to project idealism into like people's lives because it's like something that we're seeking. Um, 
And that's not to say that I think that prevents us from forming genuine real relationships, but I think it makes romance really complicated because it feels like we're always kind of striving towards something that's ideal rather than something that's like in the moment or like with that person or like that is extremely vulnerable beyond seeking some sort of ideal future with them. I don't know how you both feel about that or whether or not that's like me just imagining things too much, but like part of it is just, I think romance goes wrong so many times because like we're constantly obsessed with this, like like you said, like the idea of the person rather than the person themselves. And I don't know if that's something you subscribe to. Yeah, what do you think? Did you think that you were in love with the idea of this guy more than you were in love with him? Oh, yeah. And beyond that, I was just in love with the idea of being in a successful relationship. So, and then obviously being the hard worker that I am, I was like, obviously you have to work for it, but you, Mm. it doesn't make sense if the work is all one-sided, which is what I learned. Yeah. For our listeners, Eugenia is a woman in STEM, so she's uh, (laughs) constantly grinding out here. Yeah, Uh, I'm a (laughs) engineer. (laughs) Okay. Ashwin, you've been quiet here. what's your take idealism and people what's my take yeah it's just really easy right to see someone that you don't know and then in the lack of information you have about them pretend that you know what they're like it's not like it comes out of nowhere you know a little bit about them you can see them You, you might know like one or two of their hobbies and then you think you know who they're they're like i'll take this in a slightly different direction though i'm interested in (laughs) because i always take things in tangential directions absolutely if we look at like pop culture like okay do you think that those representations influence the way that we try to pursue our own relationships Mm. like you read books right and then you're like oh this is what a a romance looks like and it seems like we'd be more informed by the vast multitude of books and movies that you've seen than relationships you see in real life because i feel like for the most part if you have a pretty stable like family life then you don't have to you don't think too much about like how the, how the relationship is negotiated or how you have to form that. Okay. But if you're, if you like watch a lot of romance movies, right. That's like the whole focus. Like, Oh, how do people decide that they can work together? Got it. Got it. Eugenia, you look like you want to jump in. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I remember reading a lot of young adult books when I was little or not little, I guess, middle school, early high school. And I was like, wow, this is really what romance is. This is what I want in my life. And if I don't have it, then I'll never be happy. And then I was like, I also thought that I would never stop reading young adult books. And I was like, this is my genre. I'm gonna be 45 reading this. And then I went back and read it when I was like 18. And I mean, obviously when you're 18 and you have had like one relationship experience, (laughs) obviously you're not an expert by any means, but you've learned at least one thing. And I went back and I read it and I was like, wow, this is, it's great in real life, but these books are not at all what it's like. And then even with that, I felt like that was comforting to me because I was like, these unrealistic expectations that books have given me, yes, they're unrealistic, but that doesn't mean that what it is in real life can't be good too. 
so that just was to connect to Ashwin's point about pop culture Absolutely. in the sense of like books and media and stuff <clears throat> but also I feel like people take away a lot more from celebrity relationships and I want to talk about celebrity gossip so when people I feel like people project models of relationships more strongly okay. from celebrity couples than they do from like books or movies at least nowadays maybe okay. I just follow complex on Instagram and it blocks up <laughs> but i don't know i can not echo so much about celebrities i don't think i know enough about celebrity gossip to make informed decisions about it so i'm gonna get back to you jamie on that i think the point that you brought up ashwin that i slightly disagree with is just like the element of a family kind of being or like stable family relationship like that in of itself i think does not corroborate whether or not the person in that family will have idealized romance or not. Um, in fact, it can be counterintuitive. I'll give you an example. My own family is very normal suburban family, uh, does not have a dramatic kind of fluctuation in the family structure or whatever, right? But the fact of the matter is that my parents had a very, very dramatic love story. And when I mean dramatic, I mean like my grandfather only found out that my parents were married when my sister was born. Like we're talking like Romeo, Juliet, like caste system. We're talking like people fundamentally hating each other. There was a dog that died in the family story because of this. Uh, my grandfather was crazy. Guy had henchmen. Let's long story short. My parents could have had a very scary ending. Had it's my okay. dad. I come from a Russian military family. I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like long story short there could have been people dead but thank god my dad is an engineer and my mom was smart enough to just stick with him uh, honestly their story is pretty cute like there was a civil war going on and like they were separated for like six years or whatever uh at some points and like how to write letters uh, and that's how i found out about the love stories like i found a bunch of letters in my household so I wouldn't say it's so much about like the family structure itself. Like my parents have been married for 25 plus years. It's rather the idealization of romance from my family that has gone down to me and my sister and utterly fucked with us because uh, yeah, my love life sucks. And my parents are at fault for giving me hope that romance is real. And I think it's like one of those things where it's a beautiful thing. And like, I think like, like love in itself, like, of course you see the fruits of it. But no one wants like the boring, dry, old, you know, like, you know, my wife and I met in college and now we go to Whole Foods together. Like, it's just, it's just like the, the epitome of like, give us more or, you know, tell us more that's interesting than just romance. And like, I think it's like the fundamental flaw with the romance genre as something in pop culture is like, nothing is ever the trope that, you know, isn't without its complications like I think it starts off with like the very basic you know he and she hate each other then they like fundamentally warm up to each other then they start seeing each other in a new light it's like the pride and prejudice of every you know situation and like we just have some like tendencies to romanticize based on those original cultural tropes or whatever you want to call them that had existed for decades but I feel like we're constantly looking for something new or constantly looking for a spin maybe this has to do with like having new models or things to compare to uh like you were saying eugenia i think part of it's just like people are bored 
and like they want to spice life up and like they want to experience new things and they want to hear new things and the same old same old is not as good anymore like I think America is having a crisis where we get married later and later in life I don't know if y'all have like looked into the statistics or whatnot but people for the first time in history are delaying marriage to have more and more partners in life to just figure shit out only to end up either sad and miserly or end up married anyways so it's just like I'm not really sure where we're going with it I just think people are confused and have tried different things are still trying different things and as one of those people myself I am trying different things but it's one of those situations where I'm like maybe those cultural things have been there in society and like have been a big influence but I think people are always like but what about this other thing or what about this other new thing like we're constantly looking for innovation in romance and I think it's also driven us to be a little crazy but yeah that's my take but when you say that you don't want that boring love story of like meeting in college and then now you go to Whole Foods together on the weekends don't your parents go to Whole Foods together on the weekends at least now exactly so it's like one of those things where I think like and they still, they had the interesting and now they have the everyday life. So I yeah. think you can have both, even if you do meet in college. Yeah, you can totally have both. I think that's why growing up, I'm like constantly romanticizing this meet meeting and living together eventually and moving to a different country for each other rather than the very real, very mundane parts of a relationship that are also there. Like if you think about it like romance is meant to be this very simple thing like once you're in love you're in love and like you stay in love which is there but everyone loves the you know the chase everyone loves the falling ins and outs like you never hear about the happy stable relationship like the joke I always make is like when I hang out with all my friends and couples I'm like I'm assuming y'all's life is great right now good for you let me tell you all of the shit in my life it's honestly not a very productive friendship and don't worry I don't usually stop there but I think my friends joke about it too because like they love hearing all the drama like they're watching some tv serial in my life and I'm like you're not watching a reality show you don't need to like you know catch up with me just to hear about all my flawed relationships and I think like that's one of those things where people in happy stable things it's just like they're fine with that and they're happy but like for us who are outside of it's like we're actively seeking something or looking for something that won't make us bored only to end up doing that anyways but I don't think people in those relationships are bored to the point where they of course don't want to be together I think it's boredom in a different sense where you're happy to be bored you're happy to go to Whole Foods or do these things because like they're the everyday little things that still spark joy it's just a very different type of joy than the exciting, enthralling, page-turning life of love failure and all that goes along with the chase and the tension and the formation of the relationship to begin with. But yeah, everyone talks about how your parents met. Nobody talks about how your parents stayed together. It's an interesting, interesting line to end on, Saron. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> My parents stayed together because of a work visa and financial <laughs> necessity. I think a lot of immigrant families can echo that statement. I think so too. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that just shows that love is a choice after you've 
than the initial falling part. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ashwin, I don't know if that answered your question though. <laughs> Wait, did I ask a question? Um, what yeah, question you were talking about media. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then Saran like talked about his friends that are in relationships, and I was like, <laughs> I understand. I'm gonna take this in another direction. <laughs> <laughs> but Eugenia okay. has to talk about her celebrity gossip. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't even have. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just look at rich celebrity couples like Quavo and Saweetie on Instagram mm -hmm. every day. And I'm like, wow, imagine being beautiful, rich, and in love with somebody else that is beautiful and rich. Like, wow, the luxury of that. But mm -hmm. yeah, you can take it in another direction. Oh, first, a quick comment is like, I think that celebrities find other celebrities because they understand what it's like to be a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But uh, what I was thinking about is like, dating apps oh like those oh i don't like talk them about, I, let's talk about dating apps <laughs> let's talk like, about dating apps let's complain they, about them actually. uh fun fact eugenie and i matched on tinder and yeah <laughs> oh right right yeah i remember this yeah I, I don't like them on principle i don't know maybe it's just like the what's the principle or like the i don't know the romantic part of me is like isn't it nicer if you meet someone in like a organic way and you're like mm. oh we like found each other you know in real life like yeah yeah no yeah but that were taken i feel like you can still have a cute my whole thing is that if it's not a cute meeting story or like how we ended up together story then the relationship isn't going to work out and that's not to say that like boring meet cutes or whatever or like the, I, I don't even know what I'm saying, but you can still have a cute meeting with somebody on a dating app and then that it can still be a cute story. Like for example, my roommate and her boyfriend, they met because of Tinder and it's like at surface level, you're like, okay, they met on a dating app, whatever. But if you like look at the story, mm -hmm. she was, or he messaged her but then he was the only one that she replied to out of like all of her like dozens of matches, which I think is really cute because it's like, oh, the one person you responded to ends up being the one person that you end up in a relationship with for like multiple years. And even then he messaged her, or I think she messaged him first actually, but either way, he was like the only one that she ended up actually talking to and like responding to, but she asked him if she could use his Tinder bio because she thought it was funny. <laughs> and then they ended up together and they're still together. And I was like, wait, that's really sweet because the one person you talk to, it is the one. It really just does just take one person. So, so yeah, dating apps suck, but they can still be cute. That's a good point. I think my take on this is much more in the way that Ashwin, I was jaded. I like would teach people not to use dating apps because I'm like, you're going in with the wrong intentions. <clears throat> Every relationship requires a friendship to begin with. In order to fully just know that person before you get into the romantic side of it i just think that nothing is ever that clear anymore and like oh my god tell me I, about it. okay yeah eugenia's like there's a story here saran tell me what happened i'm like no i'm not gonna uncover everything just yet we have a lot more to talk about but i do think fundamentally especially in covid there's just not a lot of great ways to meet people anymore like your mute meet cute Ashwin is now on Zoom or you're like 
like it's happened like i see the happy facebook couples being like we're finally moving six thousand miles to be together because we met on a zoom conference i'm like great for you but where are you seeing these posts (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm around happy coworkers, eugenia and i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how they do it but meanwhile me being out here is just like i'm on zoom afraid to even use the freaking zoom chat because what if i (laughs) accidentally send hey you're cute to the fucking everyone (laughs) that's not what i want so it's hard it's really hard and i think it's one of those things where in an ideal world i think people will just get to know people and like once they get to know someone extremely well that blossoms into something more but i also just don't think that that's something that's absolutely needed in every romantic relationship because like at the core of it you do need that instant attraction I think the fact is, is that dating apps just make it about that and don't really capitalize on getting to know someone more deeply. Um, It's kind of up to both people to do that on their own. So more often than not, it's like you could have missed out on so many potential opportunities to get to know someone really well, just because like your other match was on the surface more hot or whatever. And like you message that person. So not countering what Eugenia is saying, but like, for those other dozens of guys that she didn't message, right? One of them could have also been a really good match, but we just would never have known, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like we would never even found those people had this app not existed. So it's like two sides of the same coin in some ways. And like, you will have more surface conversations, but there is this potential to find something deep because God, now you at least know that these people exist. Because um, fundamentally, like, Otherwise, you just have to wait till you're meet cute. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm not really meeting anyone while I'm in my childhood bedroom. So (laughs) it's one of those situations where I'm just like, I think I have more value for it now in 2020 than I did before. But I don't think that it's not possible to meet someone who's a good partner for you on a dating app. But I do tend to romanticize the whole idea of like, falling in love with your best friend or something like that um but those ideas never as simple as they sound the thing with uh dating during the pandemic too is a lot of times it has me like second guessing myself if I actually like somebody because I like them or I if I like them because there's like nobody else yeah there's no (laughs) if you meet one new person and you like them part of me is like okay duh I like them but then the other part is like wait is it only because there's literally nobody <laughs> else new in my life? So I'm projecting my need for romantic fulfillment onto oh this one God. person. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> the crisis. Okay. Of- question. No names. No names. <laughs> no names. <laughs> question. Question. Yeah. Okay. Suppose you're on a deserted island. You're like the last person on Earth. You think. And you meet someone I'm dating else. if I'm the last person on earth. <laughs> no, 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 no. Who are we going to date? Like, no, no, no. It's the question is like the trope of we need to repopulate the earth or whatever. Oh my right? God. <laughs> but then you're like forced to like interact with this random person. Like, what do you think about that? Just this, this just situation just amuses me. I just want to hear your thoughts. Like, do you, do you feel like, oh, the responsibility of humanity is on my shoulders. So I need to, whether I like this person or not, like go with this. Or do you just say like, only if I truly like their company, then I would do this? I mean, that's that's tough. And I feel like as 
the other guy in the room. We should we should get Eugenia's point of view on this. If we're talking about repopulation. Yeah, because I'm the one bearing the threat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess you already have the shared experience of being the only people left on Earth. So there's there's opportunity for bonding there on a level you probably haven't experienced with other people because that's contradictory to the problem statement. Um, I don't know. First of all, the leading question to that is, does humanity deserve to be repopulated? Hey. Given that there's two people <laughs> left? Like, how did we fuck up so bad? And honestly, at the rate things are going, Oof. not far off, but if you ask me. But I'm also a fatalist, so I don't know. The Anthropocene. She really said that. All right. Well, okay. yeah. I, I mean, I think not just yeah whatever I smashed. yeah you know like I think it's one of those things where it's like at some point it's just sex right like yeah. sex for conception <laughs> was like such a big thing in so many societies cultures for god knows how long before they were like you can have sex for pleasure like that's a thing and like you know like people were really open to that in more cultures than others but I think fundamentally it's one of those things where if you treat it like that you'll get over it pretty soon enough and like whether or not you have romantic attachment is maybe something you can separate and like that maybe is like my my tangent is like can you separate romance and sexual relationships like isn't that kind of the issue with hookup culture like I think part of like the dating app scene that is so convoluted is like I think it's made people more accessible to like physical relationships but I don't really know to what degree people feel like a lot of those are like romantic entanglements as much as like you know that guy you had a crush on in high school or like that you know the perfect prom couple like that's not really the ideal model like once people go to college it's more like who's hooked up with who like doesn't matter it was just like a dumb thing I did at a party or something like that but I don't know like I fundamentally think it's one of those things where like it depends on the person and like some people are just like better at it than others and like some people have more physical needs than others and it's just like not their thing but I do think it's convoluted sometimes like this idea of like friends with benefits for instance I'm like I feel like inevitably someone's always gonna end up catching feels like you just can't do it like I think like maybe you can have like a fuck buddy for a little bit but then you're gonna end up messing with someone's emotions down the line but I don't know if y'all have more optimistic thoughts on that I have the same thoughts on that yeah I was the person that got the feeling <laughs> twice <laughs> like wow you're dumbass you, you heard it here folks <laughs> yeah I'm really sorry if somebody from school like finds this podcast and hears me saying all this shit like I'm really don't talk to me about it like I don't sorry not sorry I don't want to hear y'all's opinions on what I have to say. Like, I just don't. I love the presumption that someone's going to be listening to this. <laughs> I'm going to be listening to this after being like, oh my God, why did I say that? Yeah, yeah. We'll listen to it again after we've had a couple more drinks. But <laughs> Ashwin, friends with benefits, possibility? I mean, 
the possibility exists. I don't, I don't, my opinion is kind of useless here. Cause like, this is not my, it's not my style. It's not my. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ashwin. <laughs> no, no. You should interpret this more like, like, uh, sour grapes, <laughs> you know? No. No, we don't. I, I don't no. know. I, are, I actually are, are, no idea what you mean by sour grapes. Are you familiar with the term sour grapes? Um, I'm assuming it's like a grape that you expect to be better, but it doesn't. Okay, so it's like a Aesop's fable, right? So there's a okay. fox, and he's trying to eat some grapes that are coming off this tree. Gotcha, gotcha. But he's kind of short, so he like he's jumping at it, can't get it, and like he really wants the grapes, right? Oh, but then like he's like, minutes. it'll probably be sour anyways. Yeah, it'll be sour anyways. So it's like. The option never really felt that available to me, so I'm like, this is not worth pursuing. Like, mm -hmm. it it seems it seems awkward. It feels too difficult. I don't think I would be able to execute this. So it's just not something I'm gonna think about. This is like, it's an option that seems to be available for other people, but you know. The thing I, with I, yeah. friends with benefits, though, is you're already friends, so you already know you're compatible in some sense, and then when you add the physical part to it. Like Saran said, like it's kind of inevitable that somebody's going to catch feelings because isn't that kind of the combination? And then it just depends on whether or not one person feels a spark or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like when you make a new friend, isn't, I don't know about you, but at least for me, the part of my brain that's like, there's a part of my brain that's decided whether it could or could not be a thing. And wow, and he thinks in advance. Oh <laughs> Wait, my God. Am I wrong? You're so you right. One of my friends always says that she's considered, she's straight, and she says she's considered all of her guy friends at least once and has come to a decisive, like, yeah. whether or not it's possible. And I agree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's so interesting. You don't do that, Soran? Okay. So to kind of put a flip on it, I think it's like the idea isn't maybe as explicit but maybe just more implicit and like you don't re realize it but like you're friend zoning them anyway um because at oh, least for yes. me like all of my friends are girls for the most part i think ashwin's an exception <laughs> and a couple of people here in my life and usually my guy friends are gay or bisexual um and for those who's out there i am bisexual but i think part of it is just like one of those confusing things where i'm like whenever i'm with people i'm just like I'm usually focused on like getting to know them first, but like over time, like if we hang out enough times, I guess the thought does come up whether or not this could be, you know, a friendship or something more, but there's always going to be factors that aren't even just like there that might've already influenced my decision. I think the number one thing is age. Like if I'm hanging out with someone who's like a couple years younger than me, it's usually already ruled out to begin with. Like I didn't even have to like consider it like their friend zone from the beginning. Cause it's like, gonna take them something to transcend that right like it's almost like picture you were playing monopoly and like the role of the dice is kind of like based on a lot of factors to begin with and so like it's not like everyone gets to start off with like a six or like a double six or whatever like some people start out with a one or two on like your dating trajectory or whatever you want to call it or like the Real potential shit. potential relationship right it's just like some people are going to be at a level where you can like realistically consider them as like a friend or a more than friend or like oh what would it be like to even just like hypothesize about it versus like most people in my life I would say are like just kind of like there like a couple of steps back along the monopoly board where it's just like sorry like we just really didn't get there because 
you've always been friend zone from the start because of other things in my life like whether or not it's like you and I are in different cities maybe you're a couple years younger than me maybe you just know my family way too well and it would be way too weird for us to date like I think like that is something that fundamentally makes it hard for me to date like South Asian people especially is just like I feel like I already kind of know them and it's like kind of strange to me but we can talk about that some other time there's a lot of weird vested feelings there but I think at the end of it it's just like yeah I, I I do think about it but I don't know to what degree I would say like I think about every person like that it's like I think about it for more like a selective group than just everyone so it's the dice rolls and stuff like that that decide who it is that you consider at all yeah yeah because like from the beginning it's like if she's my like friend's best friend she's off limits or like if she dated someone I knew pretty well like she's off limits or if like he's a guy who like Loki has weird political beliefs uh he's off limits you know like it's just one of those things where some things are just going to change fundamentally like no matter like how great that person is is like it'll make it a couple steps harder to get to the idea of dating them but like doesn't mean it's not possible. I think anything is really possible over a course of time if you spend enough time with that person and like seeing where things go. That's the romantic in me. So maybe don't trust that, but that's my that's my take. Eugenia, you look like you're thinking about something. <laughs> yeah, I was just hoping that the person I like has the same mentality where they consider whatever. Hey, person who Eugenia likes, if you're listening to this podcast. Please text. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I consider people, I consider everybody. I don't know what the criteria is, though. And I think that's a problem that needs to get figured out. Yeah. Yeah, you should ideally have an algorithm so that when you meet a person, you can like just run through it really quickly. <laughs> I'm running it through text. the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you can. What's your talk, algorithm? Uh, these two are sciencey people. <laughs> I am not. So if they have an algorithm, I definitely do not. But Ashwin, yeah, do you have an algorithm? How do oh. you select someone? So even though I'm a computer science major, I'll say straight up, like, I don't think you should just apply computer science thinking to everything you do. And and this is definitely one place where uh, you should tread carefully. Wisdom. <laughs> CS majors out there. Careful. Like, I don't know. It's just, if you want to be really reductive, right, you could, there's a line in Rick and Morty where he says something about love is just like a chemical attraction that, you know, compels people to basically breathe. Like, yes, that's true if you move up to a certain level of abstraction, but it doesn't feel like a useful way of thinking sometimes. So in the yeah. same way, I think like applying an algorithm would be like, okay, it, it probably makes sense on some level of abstraction, like, yes maybe there's some implicit rules are running and all that kind of thing but it it feels like it would be ill-advised mm -hmm. so even if there are some rules and i could figure out through patterns what they were i wouldn't then use them <laughs> to make future decisions you know it's just more like oh yeah this person seems a little too young not maybe not a great idea or i know them they're, they're too close to my family something you know all the things that you mentioned those are all reasons and they could be implicit or explicit but turning it into an algorithm seems like the wrong way to go yeah 
But algorithms use heuristics and probability and stuff like that. And don't all of those things play into dating? And when you choose somebody to like, for example? Yes. Not saying that there should be an algorithm, but it's also kind of algorithmic like, like, especially when people are like, oh, I have a type or I always like the same kind of person. Is that yeah. not just the algorithm outputting the same oh, thing wow. for similar input? That's a good point. People's type. All right. Do, do, do we believe in types? <laughs> I feel like every, for some reason, like I've just amassed so much varied dating gossip from my friends and dating experiences that somehow for all of these questions I have a story all right what's the story what's your person's type story like do they change their type do they like actually stick with the type every time and like aren't attracted to anyone outside of that box without identifying who they are (laughs) yeah without revealing too much actually let's just give them a fake name (laughs) No, that'd be awful. I wouldn't even be able to come up with one of the same name, just the first letter's different. Like, it's bad. But, um... Gotcha, gotcha. More direct, like a sub-question to the types topic. Okay. Do you think that... What is your opinion on preferences, especially, like, racial preferences? Hmm... I think we've briefly talked about. Is this. that racist? Like, is that fucked up? Or like, is there a line where it becomes a preference versus a fetish? Things like that. Ashwin, you look like you wanted to jump in there. Oh, I feel like uh, that's a give some some dangerous waters. But um, <laughs> we are not that. qualified. Again, Surgeon General's warning: we are not qualified <laughs> to talk about any of this. But okay, <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, if you like, take your app like Tinder, right? And yeah. you just start applying all these filters, right? Let the algorithm do the work for you. You're like, oh, only if they're above six feet and only if they're this race and only if they speak more than two languages and you put all these things in, right? Like, aren't you just eliminating people that you might find that you organically have a lot in common with? You Like, you're making these decisions based on what you think you want. But do we even really know what we want? That's, that's off topic, though. Um, <laughs> It just feels like a safer topic than this one. <laughs> I don't know. It is dangerous. I don't know. It, it is, it's a hard one to talk about because I feel like it's an evenly split argument or mm. just like, I feel like it's not, for a lot of people, it's not obvious which one's right or like where to draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think people could draw the lines differently, but there, there probably are clear cut cases where like you take a person's aspect and make it more important than the person themselves mm. which obviously would seem kind of problematic but is there anything inherently wrong with just being like oh i have preferences no yeah it's hard. i couldn't say where the line is yeah i guess just how like all people's dating experiences are different in their preferences with respect to dating not people specifically but the process and stuff like that I feel like it's well actually no uh, that's an invalid point I was gonna say it's your own decision whether or not like how to how to qualify your experiences in dating and how to describe them for example right but I think that if someone's like getting hurt in a in a certain way then like 
like for example this is a pretty obvious counter example but like if you're in an abusive relationship and you're like i was being abused then the other person could just be like i don't know this is normal for me or something like that thanks yeah yeah no i mean <laughs> not dark. that i can expand too much on, on abusive relationships but yeah i think in terms of the preference going back to that conversation i think it's totally fair to have like a racial preference in your dating um i think one of the most common ones is just homogeneity uh when it comes to like cultural homogeneity and i think this is where it gets like kind of fucked and like you know there are a lot of racial ties and there are a lot of kind of racist attitudes towards like dating within your own community but i think it's valid in this case that oftentimes you find so much more similarities with people like that share family backgrounds with you that share the same language you want to share your same language with your partner so you can pass it on to your kids like i get that in america like that's hard like when my parents want me to date someone who's specifically south asian or like sri lankan or tamil like all of those things are related to like this idea of like cultural homogeneity being like a fundamental strength in a relationship rather than a racist attitude against people against that don't fit in those categories at the same time there is like a very thin line where it can quickly become problematic when like you're excluding a bunch of people from the ability to date your child or you know people in your family because they don't fit the perfect criteria and it's like something that's been used for decades to like castize people and to uh, exclude groups from that are more marginalized and like come from class backgrounds and racial backgrounds that are typically underrepresented and so it's one of those things where I think when if someone says like I have a cultural preference or like a racial preference it's not something that like immediately raises a red flag for me but it's like if over time they continue dating someone from like the same race and oftentimes if it's like a repeated pattern and you're noticing it and especially if like the person who is going on all those dates maybe comes from a person place of more power or privilege in society that's when I have like multiple red flags going on because it's like rarely if ever a case where like that is something that is a preference solely because of like culture and like appreciation and is usually tied to some degree of fetishization and power politics even if you don't recognize it and I think it's really complicated and there's just like so many things that we can go into about like where the line can be drawn but I think like a pretty like I would just say like a general scenario where I think like I've noticed it is like people in college dating people of like races that they consider exotic quote unquote um and it's really, really irritating to me for me to be like, oh my God, like it makes me just cringe just thinking about that, like that they date mostly Asian people or mostly Middle Eastern people. And the people doing that are usually white guys, like not, not putting out all the other guys out there, like th that can do pretty shitty things too. Or the fact that like this only falls on white people because it's not true. But I do think there is a tendency for especially like this colonizer mentality or like this orientalist behavior to really fetishize anything that is considered cultural or unique um and i'll quickly launch into like my own experience just a little bit but one of the reasons i would say i have a racial preference i'll just be honest to like not date white people and i'm sorry it's not like a you know anything is like against white people i think like if i'm at the right person like that's totally different but my first relationship i was dating a white girl and it's made me uncomfortable 
knowing some of what I knew in that relationship. Uh, things like her aunt, you know, calling me exotic or like her family asking if my parents were like naturalized citizens. Like, uh, yeah, they've been here in America for like the past 25 years. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, it's like one of those things where you can have associations maybe and like maybe it's unfair for me to like categorize a whole group based on one experience I have with one white family. But I think it's like one of those situations where there is a tendency for people of color in America, especially to be exoticized for their culture. Or like, oh, like what language do you speak? Like, where are you really from? Like all of these questions that are typically asked of like immigrant families or people of color, um, that does become a very, just like, it, it makes you feel unsafe or like uncomfortable. And like, that's just not something you want in a relationship. And so if you have a preference to not go into that, like, I think that's valid, but I think like, it's a reactionary <laughs> preference for me rather than one I had ingrained. And it's reactionary because I think there is this preference for white people to date people they find quote unquote exotic. Um, it's an exoticization that is more a fetishization than I think a preference. I think a lot of times when people, like you were saying, white guys especially, I think a lot of times they act or there's like this idea that if it's not an explicit fetish, then it's not a fetish at all, which yeah. is really, I think is untrue. But like, if they haven't explicitly said it or like done things to show that it's like, an, if a white guy has like an Asian fetish or something, for example, then he doesn't. It's like, it's not really an innocent until proven guilty kind of thing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah, if it's not obvious, then it's not there. Because at least from my experience, I am, and like, this is, and this applies to just race relations in general, I think, but there's no yeah. way for a white person to not be racist, no matter how like, quote unquote, right they get their attitudes, because you're still a white person living in a white power structure, and you're always going to be benefiting from that in ways that are outside of your own control, you know, just because you're white. So, and that applies to dating as well, I think. So. All right, there you heard it, folks. <laughs> I guess every time Eugenia makes a point that's like on fire. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Um, okay, I guess my next kind of related conversation topic was more thinking along the lines of interracial dating. Like, why is it that interracial dating is like still something that like is not a norm is my thing, right? Like, because people are still racist. Is, is that <laughs> fundamentally, like, is it, is it that easy? Like, are we just gonna be like, yeah, people be racist. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe that is what it is, but you know, like going back to my earlier point where like, and like some people date because of like cultural homogeneity or whatever. I think it's like, yeah, that's fair. But now when I look back at what I just said 20 minutes ago, like it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, that is really uncomfortable because I think like that is the rationale that is used to defend racists. Like that is actually what people who are like, you need a date in your own group, right? Like that's that's the only people you can date. But like Ashwin was saying earlier, like you don't really fucking know like who you're gonna end up falling for, right? Like or like who you're gonna be in love with. Like I think like love is one of those things like of course it transcends all boundaries or like barriers or like anything that is a construct, like something even as artificially constructed as race, right? So it's like very much one of those things where I'm like, what is wrong with society? And like <laughs> why have we still not normalized this? Like it's still like, oh my God, your parents are 
not the same, right? Ooh, like I remember like going to like any sort of like my friends who were like half Asian or half white, for instance, like it's always the kind of that we do. They're like, oh, like do you actually celebrate all the Asian traditions? Do you like celebrate like Christmas too? And like it's just like one of those things where like why is it that we're so fascinated by that? Like why can't that just be like okay, cool, people's parents are different races. I don't know. I think when you select, when you bring up the cultural homogeneity example, though, this is like a little earlier in what you were saying, but I feel like with that kind of thing, when people value that, like dating somebody of their own culture, that's kind of like a self-selecting standard, you know, because it's like, if you have really strong cultural ties, like you're going to, like, that's going to be a big part of your identity and stuff. And if you date somebody that doesn't feel that way, then it's like not going to work out inevitably. So like, you know what I mean? Cause like, you're obviously just going to have like a very different perspective on life in general. Yeah. So it like could never really work out to date somebody who cares about culture on a different level than you do, if that made sense. No, it does. Maybe people just need to give up their culture a little bit. Like, no culture. <laughs> yeah, Everyone being... wears like beige prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've like been advocating for this homogeneity across the board please yeah so the united nations is just going to take over the world and we're all going to just wear beige clothes <laughs> the standardized food will be pasta and like that is all we will eat it's going to be in pill form <laughs> <laughs> okay ashwin's like where is this going how are you doing wait Ashwin? so what was the leading question though <laughs> i don't remember at this point i think we were like why interracial relationships yeah. oh, oh, right, not, right, right. not normal. Um, no, I still I think <laughs> Have you guys seen Master of None? It's the show that Aziz Ansari made. Uh, I've not seen it, but no. I'm familiar with Aziz Ansari and his many scandals. And okay, yeah. Uh, before, <laughs> before that happened, he had this show, right? And it just follows like him in New York with like his, his friends fictional friends but the group is like him he's indian his friend is asian um they've got another friend that's black and then the token friend is the white guy which is kind of funny so that's like their their group and then in season one he's um in a relationship with a white woman and and in season two he like moves to italy and is um (laughs) in a relationship with or like look trying to get into a relationship with an italian woman and these so, italians are killing me i just put <laughs> sopranos on pause to come record this oh, oh my god my gosh. or you came from where well i came from my living room but i was watching the sopranos with my mom oh, oh the sopranos yeah but i don't know the point is just like i think that show one of the things it was trying to do was just make it seem like not as big a deal that that you could have a mm. like wide variety of people in in a friend group and that um like interrelationship interracial relationships are just like yeah you know that's just what it is so i think this kind of going back to like what i was talking about with media just showing that it's i think it i think and it makes a big deal like where when you show that these things are not actually a big deal if you can just portray it in art then people will be like yeah why do i think like that you know 
it goes back to the original question Ashwin had the whole is our idea of romance literally ingrained just by time and time with all the media around us and I think our parents play a big role in it like I can't I come from a family where like if I did my 23 and me like I'd be hella surprised I have like an ounce of like Portuguese blood or like British blood or whatever the other colonizers that like came over to my like my tea growing country but like at the end of it is just like my my family's fundamentally boring it's like we are Sri Lankan and we're Sri Lankan Tamil for as long as Sri Lankan Tamil kings were there is like all I've been taught I don't know if that's true and like I've never done one of like those gene tests and maybe I should but it's one of the things doesn't have to be boring yeah I mean it doesn't right like I think that's fair too like we don't need to exoticize multiracial relationships either like there's some problem in that I think too but I think there's also like this aspect of like it's not been a norm because it's like the norm itself is just homogeneity like date within your groups protect your own people people are fundamentally nationalistic and separatist and like freaking marital relations like I don't know like if you think about the number of like revolutions out there in the world and like how many of those are fundamentally ethnically tied or like ethnically based or societies making themselves smaller like that is how we treat our dating and like our marital relations too whether or not we like to think of it that way or not it's crazy to me but there is warfare in people deciding to date outside of their ethnic group or outside of their religious group and like that's something that shouldn't be there but totally is so that's my I guess mind explosion insert here but that is really strange to me that we are in the 21st century and that has to be mind-blowing you know whenever I think of interracial whenever I think of interracial relationships I think of the time Old Navy ran an ad with like you know how they do those like family outfits or whatever this just like the entire family-based photo shoot and they ran an ad with like an interracial couple or an interracial family mm-hmm. and then people were just like hella mad online <laughs> like oh, for hella God. long it was a big scandal that they did this ad like showing an interracial <laughs> couple and I was like what is so weird about this and then I was like I because I, like the Bay Area is so diverse you know like racially and ethnically mm-hmm. and stuff like I was like, damn, people really live in places where everybody there is the same race, like the same ethnicity. Like, it's just homogeneic as fuck. Absolutely. I know. I was like, damn, it's really a long way to go in other parts of this country. Yeah. I mean, country is one thing. The world is another. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm I'm talking like places that are 90 something percent homogeneous, like. I think yeah, Japan, crazy. I think South Korea is like that too, like places where it's like very, very, very rare where you date outside of your race, let alone ra- date outside of like your, I guess, like family, whatever compatibility or like religious compatibility and things you also look for. But yeah, I feel like we're trending towards that becoming obsolete, not obsolete because we're in the very beginning of it, but I feel like eventually it will be Yeah, yeah. because of globalization and stuff, you know? 
crazy that the economy has literally influenced modern dating <laughs> like wow that's so funny. if we want an episode on how capitalism rules every aspect of our lives you know oh my god i'm there <laughs> i'm there stay tuned on this i'm about to wow. tear into this political structure this political economical ideology like i'm about to go in <laughs> We're gonna be I, feasting on the episode. I nobody else is talking. It's not <laughs> All right, next week. <laughs> this is what we're doing. The one woman show. Like <laughs> you heard it here. Ashwin, you look like you're pensive. Are you thinking of a different direction? I was gonna look up the old navy ad. Oh yeah, I'm always thinking in, in orthogonal directions. I was I was just thinking to myself that um like my preference would be to not date someone who's culturally similar to me it seems kind of boring okay this relates back to what i was saying like i have like an ingrained tendency to not want to date other south asian people yeah it's just like it feels too like i don't want to know too much about you already like it's 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 more interesting if you have a different way of thinking different way of seeing things um what matters more i guess would be like general general beliefs about the world like hmm. do people deserve a shelter to sleep in at night yeah oh oh i thought you uh, for a second I was no like, that wasn't me asking <laughs> that's a random direction <laughs> but yeah 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 um I, okay <laughs> if i'm being honest like if someone were religious i'd be like okay maybe maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> um, just because like you're fundamentally not religious. Yeah, yeah, and it would just like kind of, yeah. I don't think it would be easy to be that to be compatible with that. Things like that. I feel like I could date somebody religious. Same, same. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, but I think like I'm spiritually minded enough where I'm like, I don't strictly think everything is scientific, and I think some things are spiritual. But much more in the sense of like i believe in ancestry and like stuff like that and like mm-hmm. the power of spirits but yeah i can respect someone who like has a religion i think like for me it's like a matter of like if i was dating another vegan i might be a vegan but as sure as heck if i'm dating a vegan who's like enforcing their veganism on the person next to them it's just not it's just not addressing anything it's like kind of like not saying that like there isn't value in preaching your beliefs or like advocating for them, but like enforcing them or like making people feel uncomfortable because you're so gung ho about them. That's something that's kind of wrong with me. Like I might date someone who's a Christian. I want to date someone who's like a Christian missionary or someone who like fundamentally their purpose is like to convert people or they have a belief in like enforcing their values elsewhere. But I think like, religion breeds a lot of like great things too like i think there's a communal value in it i think like people who are religious tend to be very community centered and i don't think it's like one of those things where it's like always the case i think sometimes people are narrow-mindedly so in being community centered and like don't address the fact that there are gay people within their congregations or like the fact that there are people with different ideologies than them but i think like it's one of those things where i can respect it and like more often than not, I tend to find agreement rather than disagreement with people who are religious. But I feel like 
as long as they're okay with accepting me for being not religious, right? Like that's the hard part where I find it harder. Um, but I'll just be honest in saying that like every person I've dated is has been religious as well. Um, even though some are more religious than others, I think. You heard it here, folks. Saran doesn't like missionaries. <laughs> I do not. Not a controversial <laughs> opinion, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about the position, that's different. But yeah, I think it's like the idea. Yeah, of... that, was, that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> Eugenia, you look like you were going to say something, but now you're quiet. Oh, um... One of my most impactful relationships. This is okay. not this impactful. Is this is a friendship. <laughs> what is that a bad? Is that a bad? Is that a bad word choice? No, no, we're just, <laughs> we're just doing the double entendres. On yeah. Now. <laughs> oh well, okay. This is a friendship. Okay, no friends with benefits. We've gone over that. Those no, <laughs> no, because <laughs> this is about relationships in general, not just romantic ones, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though we talked about dating for like an we hour. We talked about dating for an hour. We really should cut this episode off soon. But... Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but one of my most impactful friendships was, not was, is. Um, it's like one of those friendships that like you accept the ebb and flow of your closeness, mm-hmm. you know? So like right now you might not be talking, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. But anyway. Um, and so, okay. So this guy, I am not very religious. I'm russian orthodox christian like by baptism or whatever but like i don't do it but uh, so my friend is a devout muslim okay and we became friends in high school because he transferred over to my high school and then like didn't really have a group but then we were both in the engineering academy in our high school i know so nerdy but then engineering academy (laughs) i know he like joined our core group of friends and it was just like oh my god another one of us but anyway um so he like he prayed five times a day like i don't know they like muslim people pray in a certain direction i don't remember which one it was but he prayed five times a day and like all of this stuff and like did like went to the mosque and did lessons and stuff and I remember he said that like I was hella because I would always defend his religion to people because he was like not like defend his religion but defend his religiousness I guess and then and then I would like tell him to because he would always talk about how he wanted to pray but he would like miss the time and stuff like that so I was like okay bro just like go like we're in our meeting after school but it's like time so just go outside and I'll like tell people that you're gone and then it was just like a really mutually growth like it was like a mutual growth in our friendship That's because cute. I was like understanding him being religious and he was understanding me being not religious and I was like this is so was such a deep experience for a 16 year old I'm not even gonna have the words for this for like the next four years but yeah and then he just like like I learned a lot about Islam through him also and then um during Jama, which is the Friday prayer or I don't know if it's the Friday prayer or if it's like the afternoon prayer, but then everybody goes to the mosque on Fridays. But anyway, during this prayer, like they're um, like the leader of the prayer gives like a speech about something and then it's like chosen to like do the speech or the lesson or whatever the hell the heck it is. Um, And I remember he like sent me his speech to read it and he mentioned me and he like mentioned all of that and I was like wow this is as impactful for you as it was for me that's crazy and then I was like that was like a moment where I was like 
damn it's really some people that can change your life this early and he was one of them because of religion anyways i, I kind of want to end the episode on this happy note okay like... <laughs> we went through so much so many sad <laughs> eugenia's <laughs> non-romantic religious friendship slash yeah. her non-religiousness I'm gonna send this to him and be like, I totally butchered trying to explain what our friendship means to me, but I'll have a subpar Dang. voice memo. I forget, Ashwin, was this the, this wasn't a question. This was just you saying you would not fundamentally date someone who's religious. That's we right. totally cut him off. Yeah. <laughs> we cut you off. What was your other points about not dating someone of your own race though? Or your own cultural background, I guess. Oh, that's, I made my point. no 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 i made my point all right yeah so you heard it here y'all we uh covered a lot today i think the number one highlights that you should take away from this are uh be alone like why date in this world (laughs) like (laughs) it's all hopeless anyway unless you're on a desert island unless you are on a desert island there is some hope unless she's the same race as you then do not engage oh we're coming over the algorithm now this is is the set of rules (laughs) we need to stop um thank you for listening uh we're not really sure what we just said um again surgeon general's warning all again but we hope that this could have been at least a little bit elucidating on the crazy love relationship slash friendship with benefits world out there and more importantly that you get some perspective on the uncomfortable conversations that we need to think about when we engage in relationships or more importantly failures of relationships uh yeah eugenia anything you wanted to say before signing off (laughs) if you listen to this it probably made sense to you because the only way you got to the end of this episode is by being really fucking high and the only way you can understand anything we said is by being really high that's what Uh, i'm gonna say be really fucking high y'all um yeah peace